Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sara Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host, Sara Davison, shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sara Davison. Welcome back to the show where you'll learn to transform your heartbreak into happiness. I'm Sarah Davison and I'm here as your trusted guide to help you every step along the way. On today's episode, we're diving into understanding how you resolve conflict. Now, when you're coming out of a breakup and you're reassessing your life, this is a great time to have a think about who you are, what makes you tick, and learn the lessons from your past. Because life has a funny way of teaching us the same lessons over and over again until we sit up and listen and learn from them. So by looking at how we resolve conflict, you're really getting the recipe to what makes you tick. And it can really give you the edge in a relationship to being able to control your emotions and learn your patterns, your strategies for how you resolve conflict. Because let's face it, conflict is part of any relationship. There may be small levels where there's slight disagreements, where something niggles a little bit, or there may be huge blazing rows and arguments that go on for a long time. One of the things that is key to letting go of your ex and moving on to have other healthy relationships in the future is really looking back and learning those lessons and rediscovering who you are. A lot of my clients will go on a personal development journey, if you like, to really figure out who they are, what makes them tick. It's really common to have lost touch with who you really are after a long relationship because you've become quite codependent naturally in a relationship. You've dialed down your personality in certain areas. You've compromised, maybe even made sacrifices in certain areas. So I think it's really important to have a look at who you are, have a look at your behaviors, the patterns you run, your strategies that you have for coping, for surviving in difficult situations, so that we can learn from them, so that you can really bank those lessons, so that you don't keep making the same mistakes. And also, once you have a better understanding of you, more clarity of who you are and how you operate, it also means it increases your chances of finding somebody that you really are compatible with, because you're looking for the same things, you're looking for the things that complement you, so you're less likely to go headlong into a relationship with someone whose behaviors or strategies for coping with difficult situations clash with yours. So all this is good for putting like a safety net, if you like, underneath you to prepare you for the future. So you've got a better understanding of you, but also what works better for you in a relationship. So one of the key factors is obviously looking at conflict, which is going to come up. It's natural. You're not going to get on with someone 100% of the time. And depending on your personality, it will also depend on how you manage that conflict. Now, understanding this will be key because we all tend to assume that everyone reacts in the same way that we do and means the same things by the behavior that they have. 
but this isn't true because we all have different coping mechanisms and different behaviors. So these differences can cause unintentional conflict actually, and can cause upset and pain when it's not meant to. For example, I've got a client called Julia, who is an actress and she is very feisty and she is not afraid to say how she feels. And if someone doesn't agree with her, her natural go-to coping mechanism is to get quite angry straight away, just immediately into anger. Now she knows this, she recognizes it, and it's part of her personality. She's a lovely, caring, kind woman. Her go-to coping with a conflict strategy is to get very angry. Now this is something that she grew up in an environment with a mom and a dad who were very similar to that. And they used to resolve their arguments with big discussions that were quite heated, quite animated, but coming from a loving place. That's her strategy for resolving. You get quite angry, you say how you feel, you let out that initial anger, disappointment, frustration, and then it goes. It dissipates very quickly and they can move on. And because that's the way that she was brought up, she doesn't take on board any of those negative comments. She doesn't really mean a lot of the things that she says in that moment. It's just what she does. She lets it all out in a big explosion, if you like, and then gets on with things. Things don't fester with Julia. They just don't. She says it all and moves on. And so when she's in an argument either with her ex-husband or with anyone that she comes into conflict with, that's her strategy. That's what she does. She will do it unconsciously. Well, now we've been talking for a while. It's a conscious thing. She knows she does it. But before it was really just something that that's how she dealt with it. And she assumed that everybody else would do the same and often got surprised when her ex-husband was really hurt and would withdraw in their relationship, whenever they had an argument, she would deploy this strategy of saying what she felt and even things she didn't mean that were quite unkind at times. And he would then look quite shocked and upset, but he wouldn't retaliate. He would just go very quiet and sometimes not speak to her for days. And that for her was just, she couldn't understand it. She was like, we've aired that, it's done. Now let's get on with it. I care about you, I love you. It's just a disagreement, let's move on. But for him, his way of dealing things was very different. He used to retreat, think things over. He would never say anything unkind in the heat of the moment. If he said it, he meant it. So for him, when he heard these things from his wife, it really hurt him. And that's why he withdrew and was quiet for a long time. Because if he had said those things with his strategy for coping with conflict, he would really mean it. So he would take these things incredibly personally and it would really resonate and be upsetting for him. So you can see how that caused a lot of challenges in their relationship. She didn't understand why he would let things fester. He would want to sleep on the argument. He would often not talk to her for days. Now, she felt that was very childish and she just wished he would pull himself together and be a man, she used to say, which again used to really upset him. Because in his world, he just wouldn't have reacted like that. It wasn't his way of coping. He would rather talk things out or just retreat for a while, think it through and come back. So you can see how those two different ways of resolving conflict cause big issues and ongoing pain and torment for a very long time. It was only during the sessions with me that Julia started to understand that he wasn't being childish or not a man. That was just his way of coping with conflict. His strategy for resolving it was very different. 
And it, it meant that he was being loving and caring when he retreated because he didn't want to say those unkind things, even though she was being loving and caring for doing it in the way she was doing it because that's all she knew. And that's how she felt conflict should be resolved. So it's interesting, isn't it? And this is why this is really key, because what I want for you is for you to have a better understanding of your strategies for resolving conflict. Now, a lot of these will be unconscious. A lot of these you won't know that you're doing, but by shining a light and really thinking about this and going through this little process I'm going to take you through, you'll be able to get a little bit more of an understanding of how you do things, which means that you can have more clarity, but it also means you can take your control back and make a decision. Do you want to carry on with that or do you want to change it or modify it? Or does it just give you the insight that if you're with somebody who has a different strategy, you won't take that as an insult or offensive, you'll be able to see a different side to it and maybe work with that person to enable that relationship to grow and flourish rather than damaging it every time it happens. So obviously there's a higher chance of success if you can work on this with a partner if you're still in a relationship. But if you are going to do this with somebody, make sure that you agree to do it in a safe emotional space so that there's going to be no blame or accusations that really you're doing this as a voyage of discovery of each other and yourselves rather than a blame game. Um, so it's important. So if you're doing this on your own, though, this is quite a fun quiz to do. And I'm going to ask you which one of the following you think you are. So I've created five different ways that we all deal with conflict. And there may be one or two that are more predominant for you. Now, sometimes you might think, gosh, I do all of those, Sarah, at different times. But you will have a go-to coping mechanism. So have a think at the following five, at which one you are. So number one is a snapper. Now, a snapper is someone that tends to snap back at their partner under pressure, maybe make some digs at them. So it's an instant little put down comment. So is that you? Are you a snapper? Or number two, are you a nagger? So a nagger is someone who will turn to persistent pestering of their partner when they don't listen. So maybe you'd go on and on, you'd repeat it, you'd mention it, you bring it back up again. Maybe you'd mention it a while after it happened, you know, constantly reminding them of something that they haven't done. So is that you? Are you a nagger? Um, now, again, there's no right or wrong guys on this. I just want you to be open-minded and play with this and just say, and just see. It might be that you feel you have to because your partner's not, not responding. So of course you're doing that, which is interesting in itself, right? So I just want you to have a think honestly and openly, openly with yourself to see which one of these you would be. Or are you number three, an exploder? So this is someone who loses their temper, a bit like Julia in the example I gave you earlier. So do you just completely lose it? Do you explode with anger, say things you don't mean, and get really, really angry? So is that you? Or number four, are you a pacifier? So a pacifier is someone who will do everything they can to actively calm down the situation amicably. So yeah, if there's more than one person involved, you might be the go-between if it's you and your partner. 
you might be just trying to put the flames out and do whatever you can just to calm the situation down. Maybe you try and do that before it happens as you see it trying to spark off or maybe you're trying to do it afterwards and just sort of sweep it under the carpet so everyone can get on and be happy. Or the final category, are you number five, an avoider? So this is someone who will go out of their way to avoid any conflict whatsoever. So head in the sand, leaving the room, not wanting to engage. So an avoider, someone that won't even go to conflict. So you may not even be able to argue with this person or express any dissatisfaction with them because they just won't be there. They won't stick around for it. They won't listen. They won't engage with you on that. So I'll repeat them. Though so the first one is a snapper. The second one is a nagger. The third one is an exploder. The fourth one is a pacifier. And the fifth one is an avoider. So which one of those do you think you are predominantly? Now, Julia obviously identified she was an exploder. Now, you know, as, and that is someone that gets very angry straight away, a lot of anger, and then it dissipates quite quickly. Um, if you're a snapper, it might be some ongoing passive aggressive comments over a period of time. What that does is it can lead to a buildup of resentment, as it can with a nagger, because that persistent nagging quite often can cause resentment, but also in yourself, it builds up that frustration. This person really never listens to you. Um, a pacifier is somebody that almost takes a lot of that negative energy on themselves and tries to dissipate it. Sometimes that is a good thing to smooth things over. However, the pitfalls of being a pacifier is that things don't really ever get resolved in the way that you would like, because it's always you doing the mopping up, if you like, of the argument, just to smooth things over and, and move things on. And again, that can lead to some un underlying resentment there that can build up over a period of time. And an avoider, if you just don't like the conflict, you'd just rather not be there for it. Again, it can mean that issues go unresolved and that over a period of time that can lead to cracks, which obviously can be risky in a relationship. So there's different ways that people cope and manage conflict. And identifying which one you are gives you some clarity because if you're in a relationship with someone that is not the same as you, it can cause tensions because you're trying to resolve the conflict in a way that the other person maybe doesn't really understand or doesn't appreciate. So when we are these personality types with conflict, what it means is this is our go-to way of resolving it. This is how we feel it should be resolved. This is how we think with the best intentions, this is the best way to get it resolved. It's important to understand what you are and also what your partner is as well. Because if you take Julia, who's an exploder, and her husband, who is an avoider, like it wasn't that he would never come to the table with it, but he would want to retreat first. He had a different way of resolving it. So he would avoid it in the moment and then he would come back. Now, if that avoider was in an argument with a pacifier, that might work okay. You can see that that you know, would never get so heated and the avoider could go away and maybe come back again when they felt ready. If you're in an argument with two exploders, well, that could be very fiery, but it probably works quite well in the way that once you've said those negative things to each other, it's water off a duck's back and it's all cleared out and they can both get on. Whereas if you're someone that would hold a grudge from that and find that very painful, that could be difficult. 
Now, you might find that you are two or three of these, or that it starts off as a little bit of a nag, then it becomes a bit snappy, and then it's all explosive, and then you can move on. But understanding your strategy is really key, because that is a lesson you can learn, that this is what you do. And when conflict comes up, whether it's with a partner or with a family member or a friend or somebody you've just met, you will have a better understanding of what makes you tick. So you can either choose to avoid that or modify it in some way, or at least not take their reaction in such a harsh way. For example, a client of mine had recently had a run-in with a man she'd met at the petrol station while she was filling up her car. She'd filled up and then gone inside to pay and the man was behind her. And as she got to the checkout, he was waiting behind her and she had a little friendly conversation with the guy serving her, which had angered the man behind because he was in a rush. Now he lost his temper and said some pretty mean things to her. And she said, so actually understanding that he was obviously an exploder, obviously he was in a bad place anyway as well. But she said, it just gave me the ability to think, gosh, it's not about me. This is his style of dealing with frustration and anger. And it's not about me. It's literally his strategy for resolving conflict. She said, normally as a pacifier, I would have taken that really badly and it would have upset me. But just knowing that everyone has different ways of resolving conflict and it's not always about me and it doesn't mean that they mean it as offensively as I'm taking it. She said, because if I'd done that to someone, I would really mean what I was saying and it would be extremely hurtful. But I knew that he didn't. And that was because of this exercise. So these skills that I'm teaching you are transferable life skills that you can apply to going to fill up your car at the petrol station or with a partner or with friends and family. But just having a deeper understanding of who you are, your strategies for resolving things helps to dial down some of that intensity in the moment. And it also helps you think about what kind of partner you want for you. Now, you can't choose what your partner's conflict resolution strategy is, but if you're in the early stages of dating and you know that an explosive way of dealing with it makes you feel very uncomfortable and it's just not going to work, you can identify that up front, which means you can have a conversation about it. You can explain that it's not your way of resolving conflict. You can try and find another way of working together um, and I've seen people that can do that and have changed their ways of doing things by consciously dialing down that, those reactions and by consciously being able to take a step back in that moment of intensity and realize that this is a behavior that their partner is doing rather than something they're doing intentionally to upset them. So there are ways around it once you have more clarity, you can choose to work at it or you can choose to get the hell on out of there and not have to deal with that again. But all these things are steps along the way to rediscovering who you are when you come out of a breakup and learning those lessons so that you are better prepared to go on and embrace future relationships and opportunities as they come up, because they will. And life is there for the living and understanding who you are, what makes you tick and how you're programmed will really help you get your life back on track and start feeling good again. Thank you for listening to today's episode and allowing me to help guide you from your heartbreak to your greatest happiness. I look forward to you joining me on our next episode. That's it for today's episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. 
One lucky listener every single week that posts a review in iTunes will win the chance in the grand prize drawing to win a private VIP day, including exclusive one-on-one coaching with Sarah Davison herself. Be sure to head on over to heartbreaktohappinesspodcast.com and pick up a free copy of Sarah's gift. Then join us on the next episode.